Last week, Pastor Josh talked about uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit, but I just want to talk to you. We're doing a, a, a Holy Spirit series, and one of the things is that we know that salvation, what took place, is salvation is something you do in your heart. It's like a private moment between you and God, but baptism is, is an open expression of what God has done inside your life, and it's so good to hear people's lives that have been totally changed transformed. I love it when marriages get together. You see the couple hugging and it's like, it's a new marriage. Come on. It's a new person. So this morning, I'm so glad you're here with us this morning. All of us, how many know that all of us have come from different backgrounds? Come on. I mean, so your normal is like different than everybody else's normal, right? And so let me, let me just do a test and you're going to have to participate with me this morning. How many of you come from uh, like a Baptist background. Just raise your hand. Come on. Seven of you. All right. Oh, good. Okay. How many of you come from maybe uh, a Methodist background? Okay. Okay. Me and my wife and a few other people. And how many of you come from uh, a Presbyterian background? Okay. How many of you come from a Catholic background? Okay. I figured that one. <laughs> Everybody been Catholic at least once in South Louisiana. <laughs> but um, and you said, Pastor Bubba, I can raise my hand because I've been all of them. <laughs> right. I've tried them all. And see, you know, I know this. And, and see, if you're Pentecostal charismatic, you just raise both your hands. It doesn't matter. And so this morning, this is why we're, the reason why we're doing this series is uh, we want you to understand what the Bible says about you and what you and I need. You know, I, I, I want to have, I mean, you know, I like to have a little fun. Okay. I want to have a little fun. I'm going to give you a little, I'm going to give you a little moment to laugh and I'm going to share some few things. And I, I got some light bulb jokes. Is that all right? How many, let me just, how many Baptists does it take to change a light bulb? Change? We don't believe in that. How many charismatics does it take to change a light bulb? One, because they already have their hands in the air anyway. How many Pentecostals does it take to change a light bulb? Ten. One to screw it in and nine to break the power of darkness over their, their moment. <laughs> How many Catholics does it take to change a light bulb? None. They believe in candles. <laughs> See, y'all going to get it. How many Episcopalians does it take to change a light bulb? Ten. Ten, why? Because one is going to change it and nine are going to talk about all the old days. Come on, y'all getting it yet? Okay. How many Church of Christ does it take to change a light bulb? None. Because light bulbs aren't mentioned in the New Testament, so they're unscriptural. Okay, let me just break. How many chiropractics does it take? Chiropractors does it take to change a light bulb? One, but you'll have to have it in six visits. Are y'all getting it? Come on. I didn't just, I'm trying to have fun with y'all. How many, how many college students does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but they're, they're going to they're know if it's on the test. That's what they want to know. Here's the last one. How many telemarketers does it take to change a light bulb? One, but they're going to come at dinner time. It's so good to be back home with you. Before I share the message or anything, I just got a couple of things that I just want to share with you just to let you know what's going on. Uh, I've had some different things with my health. How I many of you know that uh, six year, over six years ago now that I was diagnosed with colon cancer and basically had stage four, went through all that thing, and they gave me like 
21 months to live, and that's been six years ago, and God's good. Amen? Well, I had to go. I was having some back um, things, uh, pain in my back, so I had to go to the doctor, and they had to do some x-rays. And when they did, they found three spots, two in my lung and one in my liver. And my lung, there was no, the, the spots were not cancer, praise God. And then on my liver, let me just say, on my liver, it was one tiny spot. So Tuesday, I'm going to go in, and they're going to do a, what they call radio frequency ablation. And they stick a needle in you, and it's like, it's like burning a wart off you, except it's on the inside, you know. And that's all they're going to do. And I'm excited about that. But also, if you don't know that I have multiple myeloma, which is not even related to colon cancer, and on... Um, June 8th, in, uh, for a week, eight days, I've got to go to Atlanta, and they're going to harvest some stem cells for me. I don't need to get the surgery right now, but it's just a harvest for the stem cells because it, it might not be four to seven years before I have to. They want to get them healthy because once they do that, once, they put, once I do a stem cell transplant, it, if I ever have to do one, God may heal me in between. Amen? And, and so uh, that'll happen then. And uh, so I just wanted to let you know in case you hear people talking, you're getting the facts from me, all right? I'm not afraid. I believe God's in this. And because everywhere I go, I mean, I just went and got some blood. I gave uh, 12 things of blood the other day, the most I've ever given. And then I'm in the doctor's office and had to get, uh, they uh, did so many x-rays. I asked the girl, the x-ray tech, I said, hey, listen, by the time I'm done, will I glow tonight? She goes, I don't know. We gave you a lot. So if you do, call me. I want to see that. And, uh, but the neat thing is when I was going to get uh, pre-registered for my Tuesday morning uh, visit uh, for the, the uh, whatever. And uh, I was in there, and they had a lady sitting there. And I went to the window, and I was saying, hey, you got a beautiful smile. And she goes, oh, baby, thank you. And all this stuff. And then um, there's a lady in there sitting down. Her name was Miss Munson. Can you just say when you say Miss Munson? She's 70-something years old and uh, late 70s, and she was just sitting there, and I just, what are you here for? I mean, you know me. I don't meet a stranger. And I go, uh, what are you in here for? And she goes, oh, you know, and she started telling me her story. She goes, you know, you know, actually, I'm in here because I got to change, uh, get my hip replaced and my knees later, and I figured I'd start with my hip and did my knees. And, and uh, she said, but, and she started having tears, and she said, but, you know, I lost my husband in August, and he had pancreatic cancer. And he actually was supposed to only live like a few months, but he lived two years. And she said, I've been praying that God would work something that we could even just learn to pray together. And we had never prayed together in all of our years of marriage. And she said, but the last two, we learned to pray together. And she said, and she, go, and she just started crying. She said, I just miss him today. Because moments like this, I just wish he was here. And I had compassion. I said, I don't know what you're going through, but I have tremendous compassion for you. Can I pray for you? And she goes, oh, honey, please. And I prayed for her and God. And I said, and I said what's your name? She goes, Miss Munson. I said, I didn't even tell her I was a pastor. And when I finished praying for her, she goes, you are a man of God. You just love God. I can tell you love God. And then I'm, about, and then I'm going to check in the pre-thing, and they have two ladies behind the counter go, mm-hmm. We feel the spirit on you, baby. Mm. <laughs> Mm, you got the spirit. And, uh, and so sometimes when people go, the spirit, it's kind of myster mysterious or whatever. But that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. How many, you know, it's like, and, and look, turn with me to Acts chapter 19 and verse 1 and 2. When Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? 
They answered, no, we ain't even heard about this thing called the Holy Spirit. That is still the case today. I, know I run into people and they have so many mixed up, different jacked up ideas what the Holy Spirit does, what he is. And, and I think a lot of us are confused because sometimes there's bad packaging but given behind what the Holy Spirit really is. Are you with me? And so what happens is, is last week, and what we want to do, what Pastor Josh and I want to do, and actually next week, my best African friend, Pastor Willem Nail, is going to be here next week, talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And so I want you to invite a neighbor, invite a friend, and stuff. it's going to be incredible. And what we want to do is we want to bring clarity. I mean, that's one of the things that I believe that we're called to do is bring clarity. What the Word of God says and what we should, what's our responsibility as believers. Is that all right? And so with this morning, I'm not, I don't want to be critical of anybody. I know I did some jokes and everything, but, you know, I know this. Whatever you're critical of, you never reach. And so, you know, last week we found out about the Holy Spirit. And when the, when the, when the, the people begin to, tra the translators begin to go, well, how do we translate the word with the spirit that God leaves, the comforter? And, it, and I know that Pastor Josh talked about the only thing, that, the, the, the real meaning means breath of fresh air or fresh air. A breath. And I think about when God breathed on Adam. The Bible says that he was just, God formed him out of the dirt. And all of a sudden, he breathed on him. And he brought life into him. And I believe that when God breathes on our lives, he brings life. He brings power. He brings passion. He brings, all of a sudden, you begin to know why you're here. You begin to find your purpose in God. Amen? And so today, I want to tackle that term. And many people run from the word Pentecost or Pentecostal. Come on. We have all these different ideas. So Pentecost, let me just say, is an event. It's, a, it's only a day. In other words, after Jesus was resurrected, he spent 40 days in his glorified body, hanging out with people, leaving final instructions what was going to happen. Not only that, 10 days after he ascended, which means 50 days, that's what it means. He stuck around. He said, God, just wait. Wait a little while. Go to Jerusalem and wait. So they waited 10 days, and God filled them with the Holy, and he ascended, and which is a 50 days after his resurrection, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church. See, Acts says it like this, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, that Pentecost is a day. Actually, it's a holiday. Actually, there's seven holidays in Jewish, on the Jewish calendar, and actually there's three major holidays. Just like we would have, we, our, our, in America, our major holidays are Easter, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, Right? And somehow we always eat too much around those three holidays. And so what happens is Jesus uses the holidays to give the Jewish people a picture of what he wanted to do and what he was here to do, what his purpose on earth was here to do. And so what I, since we don't celebrate those holidays, it's hard for us as Americans or it's hard for us as Westerners to understand what, 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 what Jesus did. So that's what I want to do. I want to try to tackle so you'll see, and I believe your eyes will be opened and you'll see some things maybe you never saw or you maybe never heard of. We don't understand these things because of that. We, we just, it's not part of our custom. Matthew says it like this. Matthew 5, 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law. That's the Old Testament. Or the prophets. I have not, not come to abolish, but uh, to abolish them, but to fulfill them. In other words, when the Bible says, you know, the Bible, the Old Testament is really the first five books of the Bible. It's called the Pentateuch. 
It's Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and all those in between. Okay, it's five books. And what happens is we don't, we don't practice, we, we don't do the practices of the Old Testament, but we embrace the principles of the Old Testament. Are you hearing me? The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. That's how I like to say it. And so we're going to reveal some things this morning. And you see, Passover means this. And it's going to come up here, and it's going to have Passover written on here. And there's a blank. Why is there a blank? Because we're going to fill it in after I explain it. Is that all right? And so what happened, Hebrew nation went down to Egypt because there was a famine. If you don't know anything about the history or the Bible, what happened is Joseph was a brother of 12. That He was a son of Jacob. And what happened is brothers got jealous of him because his daddy gave him a sweet coat that had many colors. And his dad, and he had dreams, and he told them that in the picture of dreams that one day they would bow before him. And they're like, yeah, right. That's like your little brother coming and tell you, one day I'm going to be your boss. You go, yeah, right, let me just give you a knuckle sandwich right now, remind you how much of a boss you're going to be. And so what happens is we know this. He was thrown in a pit, went through Potiphar's house, went through prison, all that, and God, resurrect, God brought him. He, he, Joseph is really like a picture of Jesus and raises him up. And what happens is, is that when they go through all this, he provides a way for his family because there's a famine in the land. So they all came to Egypt, and God used Joseph to prepare for the famine. And then after Joseph had died, the people of Egypt had forgotten about what Joseph had done. And the people, and all the people from Israel were became slaves. And they, and they, were, they were captivated for 400 years. How I many of you that's a long time? 400 years. And what happened is, at 400 years, you see those pyramids in Egypt? They built them. That's what's part of their captivity. They built the pyramids. And what happened is, you know, but God, they begin to cry out, God, we want to be delivered. How many of you have ever been in situations or a bad job and you go, God, deliver me? And not in your marriage, though. And what happens is God delivers him and he sends a deliverer. His name is Moses. Are y'all with me? Pharaoh, and remember he said, you know, if you watch Cecil B. DeMille's Ten Commandments, it was made when Charlton Heston played Moses. How many of you remember that? For some of you younger people, I was in the bathroom. Who's Cecil B. DeMille? And I realized I better explain it a little better because if you're under 25, you don't know who in the heck that is. And so what happened is, is that he, he comes and, and he says, let my people go. And he goes, no. And he did that 10 times and God brought 10 plagues. And finally the last plague was, if you don't release them, what's going to happen is we're going to, the firstborn male child is going to die. It was the last Last one. And the plague, every male and every family would die. And, but, but God didn't want the Hebrew children to die. So what did he do? So he told them to put blood, the blood of a lamb, over the doorposts of their house. So what would happen is when the blood of the lamb was put on the doorpost, when God sees the blood on the doorpost, he would pass over or pass by that house. When God sees the blood. So they had, they had an annual holiday to celebrate Passover. So what happened, the Jewish people were celebrating their Passover time, and what happened, the Passover lamb was sacrificed at 9 a.m. in the morning. And what they would do is they would put the lamb into the oven at 3 p.m. And the sacrifice of the lamb covered their sins. But see, Jesus came to fulfill the Passover. 
Jesus was sacrificed at 9 a.m. in the morning. They put him into the tomb at 3 p.m. Come on. Jesus' sacrifice removed our sins. Just didn't, not just covered our sins. He removed our sins that we can be clean before God. Are y'all with me? And aren't you glad about that? That God has covered our sins? Not only covered them, but has washed us, never to be reminded? Come on. How many of you got some stuff you ready to get, back, get rid of from your past? Okay, pray for me. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Passover means this. This is what it means. The blank is this. It means, it means salvation. It means salvation. In other words, this one is free. Ephesians says it like this. It's the free gift of God. In other words, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Grace through faith. In other words, this is not for, from yourselves, but it's the gift from God, not by our works so that we would boast. Let, let me tell you, baby, give me my, hand, my Bible. It doesn't matter how much you read the Bible. And I know the camera people are going crazy because I'm not in the camera. It doesn't matter. Thank you, Don. No, please get in the camera, Pastor. Okay, I'm going to get my tape. Where's it at? Here's my mark. Okay. You're welcome. It's not how much you read. It's important that you do read. Because see, what happens is sometimes we think it's by the things that we do rather than the, the person that we become. Are you, are you seeing? It's not about how much I mark up the pages in my Bible. It's like the old Chinese proverb. Dirty Bible, clean Christian. Clean Bible, dirty Christian. It's whether or not the book has marked you. Have the words marked you? You see, but we've all, you see, all we have to see, listen, it's not from ourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one would boast. It's not what we do. It's what he has done. And it's a free gift from God. It's free. Come on. That's like my little girl finding out they have free nail polish. If you buy one, they give you two. She's going. She's 12. I didn't know you were in here. Sorry, baby. <laughs> but God has more for you to experience, not just salvation, but he has more than salvation for you to experience. And see, what happens, the second holiday is called Pentecost. And so what is the blank for? Because we're going to fill in the blank for you. Pentecost means, you know, Pentecost is, is one of the holidays, and it means five. It's caught, the cost of it is to the 10th power. So Pentecost means, get ready. I mean, some of you are going to be scared. Oh, please, Pastor. Pentecost means 50. See how scary that was? Means 50. See, see, it means 50. It means 50 days past Passover. What is it? The devil is trying to scare you with Pentecost or Pentecostal. Come on. Some want you to wear makeup. Some don't want you to wear makeup. I believe it's a sin for some people not to wear makeup. And, and, and I mean, it's, I mean, hairlines and hemlines. Just watch what, just listen. Don't cross the lines that God tells you not to cross. Come on, are you hearing me? 
See, they were celebrating the law that was given on Mount Sinai, like Cecil B. DeMille, when the, the, the flame was coming. And it would burn in the mouth. I'm having fun. I hadn't been here in a while. The law was given on Mount Sinai. The presence of God showed up with Moses in the Ten Commandments. What happened on Mount Sinai? A cloud descended with a loud noise and fire. Now think about it. God's law was written on the tablets that was on the side of the mountain, just like on Cesar B. You know, they carved it. It's like a welder being there. You know, you remember the movie? Okay, some of you go, what are you talking about? I'm under 20. I don't even know what that is. And so what happens is we know that he does that. But what happens is, so what happens? The cloud is there's a loud noise. The tablets of stone are created, the law. 3,000 people die because they rejected God and they worshiped a golden calf. All happened at the same moment. Now, on Pentecost in the New Testament, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit descended like a mighty rushing wind. And, they, and the Bible says, and they were filled with fire, like fire. So the cloud and fire. God wrote his law on our hearts. See, God's promised us, even in Jeremiah, there'll be a day that comes that you won't have to go and tell people, say, hey, law, law number 30. It'll be written on, the, on men and women's heart that you don't have to go and tell them anymore. There's not a tablet there, but there, we know right from wrong. Amen? Come on. The Holy Spirit been speaking to you. Don't eat that Buddha ball. You go, but Lord, that is so good from Boudreaux's. <laughs> he wrote his law on our hearts. But here's the crazy thing. 3,000 people got saved on the day of Pentecost. See, Acts, are y'all with me? Acts 1, chapter, uh, verses 3 to 5. After he, he, his suffering, that means after Christ was on the cross... That's when after his suffering on the cross, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them for over a period of 40 days. Well, pastor, I thought you said 50. Just wait. I'm going to show you. He said, and he spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them a command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. There's the 10 days. But Wait. For the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, just like what happened right here. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, but you will receive, what does it say? What does it say right there? Say it with me. I've seen preachers go, power! Power! All right. I'm not here to, like, it's not how I say it. It's the real power of God. Are you hearing me? It's not something you have to drum up or you have to run and go do something or do all. The, it's not about how you got to perform, like, entertainment to get God. It's you just got to open up and say, God, here I am. Fill me with your power. I need it because I can't make it unless I have your power. See, he said this, and you will be my witnesses. What does witness mean? It means I saw something, and I can tell about it. I experienced something. 
Listen, you can never be in an argument with someone who's had experience with God. Are you hearing me? When someone has, you ever had the Holy Ghost free songs where you just feel God? I had Pastor Jamie and one of our elders, Doug Glasscock, pray for me for my, all my stuff the other night. And they just prayed for me. And it wasn't like, they just a normal prayer. And I felt God. I felt the Spirit of God just come rest on me. I just felt him. You see, Jesus had a job for them to do, and they need power to pull it off. You and I have a job that God wants us to do, but without the power of God, you can never pull it off on your own strength. Amen? See, Pentecost is not about wild church services. It's not about goosebumps, the free songs. It's not people falling all over. It's not people running and jumping on a chandelier and swinging all over and trying to catch the Holy Spirit in a bag. Come on, give me a break. God's already, like, God pulls out the bag. He pops the bag and goes, listen, I want you to go do what you can't do on your own, and I'm with you. Am I making sense here? And see, I believe the enemy tries to put the package, present the package to us in a scary way. We go, I don't want that ghost thing. I don't want that Holy Ghost thing. Because, Because it's not about all the weird things. It's just, it's not about swinging from chandeliers. Just hang in there with me, okay? Can you, no pun intended, but anyway. Pentecost means this, power to make a difference. In other words, Jesus needs to empower his church to do something you can't do on your own. He needs to empower you on something he's called you to do that you can't do on your own. And see, the third, there's three holidays, and the next one is called the Tabernacles. See, this one happened in the fall around harvest time, whereas the first two happened around spring. Old Testament tabernacles. They were wandering and living in temporary hunts. Remember when they were going through the the wilderness after they'd left the land of bondage? They went through the wilderness, and they say the wilderness was probably Saudi Arabia. Have you ever seen pictures of Saudi Arabia? It looks pretty dry and desolate. So here they were. They were wandering, and, and they were just wandering because the wilderness is barely enough. Then they came to the place that God brought them to their final home. It's called the promised land. It's, it's, it's not just where you have it, but you have more than enough. God wants to give you the power to be more than enough for him. Are you hearing me? On my own, I can't do it. On my own, there's just, I'm limited. They celebrated it during the harvest season. And see, in the New Testament, what does it represent? We're living on, a, on, a, on this earth temporarily. Amen. This is like a trash can compared to what's going up there. Okay? This is a temporary home. I mean, you can fix it. I mean, it's like your body. It's temporary. Aren't you glad? Because when, you, you know, when, you're, when you're 20, you know, you're looking good. When you're 25, they say it's your peak. After you get 30, they say you start going downhill. And when you get to be my age, you're like way over the hill. <laughs> and then and so what happens, you used to be tight and right. Now you're sagging and dragging. You try and they go, if you take this, you will be this. If you take this. I mean, all the, I mean, this is ridiculous. We try to fix this thing up, but one day we'll have a new name and a glorified body. And then you know what? And it won't be cats in heaven. Thank God. <laughs> we live here temporarily. We will be brought to our final home in heaven one day. In the New Testament, there'll be a final harvest of people. Not here to scare you about that, but there will be a call. 
You know, think about this. Our church has been here 17 years. In the last 17 years, there are more people been saved in the entire world than there were 2,000 years ago. In other words, over the last 2,000 years of the New Testament, when the day of Pentecost came, there have been more people saved in the world in the last 17 years than all the years before that. God's pouring out his spirit. God's doing incredible things. You know, and is, is God, here's the thing, is God coming back? Could be. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to prepare you. Are you hearing me? And see, in, in 1 Thessalonians, it says it like this, 4, verse 16 to 17. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet. And see, and, and in fact, the, the Feast of Tabernacles is called the Feast of the Trumpets by the Jews. You see, the call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive are uh, and our left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will be with the Lord forever. So the tabernacles means this. The celebration of tabernacles actually means the second coming of Christ. That's what it means. Salvation, the power of God, the second coming of Christ. There are three major holidays because there are three major things you need to know about your life as a believer. If it begins with Passover, it begins with the cross. You need to give your life to Jesus. What does that mean? Once you're saved, you have an assignment that God has given you. See, it's one thing to be saved, but God, it's receiving the assignment God's given you. He, you're going to need power to pull it off. Are you with me? Then the Pentecost experience from the sake of he, uh, for the mission, not for entertainment. That's where we get, oh, look at that. Wow, what they're going to do is I remember as a kid, we would have a church. When I'd get called, when I, my, my grandmother would bring me to church, and we'd, I'd go to all these crazy, charismatic meetings. And, I mean, it was, sometimes it was wild. I remember one guy stood up one time, he, go, he talked about, and he said, I was a midget, and, you know, God touched me, and he, he, he was like six foot four, he goes, and he still had a midget voice. He talked, hi, my name is Noah, and the Lord touched me, and when he touched me, I grew. And I go, wow, that's weird. <laughs> Why didn't he change your voice? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we had Sister Teapot. She'd sit in the back. And every once in a while, it was just a certain part of the service, she'd go, woo. Ooh, Lindsay was there. You remember her? I mean, ooh, Lindsay and I used to, Tracy used to go to the same church when Lindsay was young. Ooh, 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 and she'd go, God sing! And I thought, man, God speaks loud. <laughs> and he helps all the hearing impaired. <laughs> Just stuff. You know what I'm saying? Come on. How many have been around some crazy stuff? Come on, let's be honest. Come on. And I'm not here to get on about that. But what happens is once you have, so we can ultimately experience the tabernacles. We're going to spend the rest of our lives in heaven. That one day, this, we won't be in this earth suit. We'll be in heaven with our glorified bodies. We don't care if there's dogs walking down the sidewalk. They're not leaving their poop. If it is, it's gold maybe. I don't know. No cats in heaven. 
Because the Bible says the devil goes around like a roaring lion. And lions, he's a poser. And so there's no, there's no cats in heaven anyway. But I believe this. Most of us understand the cross in heaven, but we're confused about the one we're in right now. You see, Acts 1, uh, 2, 12, um, they were said, they, the Bible they says this way. How many of you know that you've been perplexed sometimes? What is going on? They were even in the Bible. In Acts 2, 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? God needs you to possess his power in your life in the supernatural in a great way. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you in three areas. And let me go those three areas, and then I'm going to wrap it up. Number one. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live righteously. What does that mean? Pentecost was about God giving the law. But some of you guys are trying to follow the law that is written on the outside. When God wants to do an inside job on us. Amen? You love God and you're trying to do it yourself. But you don't really want to. It's the flesh. You know, I don't want no, you don't have to. But see, when God comes and touches you and you get hungry for him, you want to read your Bible. Come on. There's things you want to do. It's not things you have to do. And see, when you are filled with the Spirit, he writes the law on your heart. You don't try to obey. You become it. You just go, that's, that's. Romans says it like this. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, by the, but by the Spirit. How many of you know we all fight? Different voices that we hear in our heads. Come on. Let, okay, let's do a question. Let me just do a How many of you hear voices sometimes when you wake up in the morning? And you're not in a crazy house. It's all right. We all hear things. Sleep in. Don't do that. Ooh, that chocolate looks good. Man, man, man what? Bluebell has a new flavor? Three of them? I'm going to get all three. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he transforms you on the inside. I want to obey his commandments. Not just have to do them. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will be a guide, will guide you into all truth. That means he'll talk to you. Come on. He'll guide you. Hey, hey. He'll even guide you when you're having conversations with people. Hey, you know what? You need to leave. Cut the conversation. Walk out the door. Just cut, walk out. Walk out. No, you don't need to go there. There's, a, there's someone. No, you don't need to call them. No, Facebook, quit looking on that Facebook and, and trying to live old memories. That's your old girlfriend. That's someone's wife now. Thank you all for all those amens. Because, see, I'll just say this. Emotions are bad leaders. And sometimes our emotions get in the thing where we need the Holy Spirit. You see, that's what the flesh does. It tries to play with our emotions. Come on, come on. It just feels good. Listen, the Bible says sin brings pleasure for a season. Then there's a payday. You see, what happens, the sad thing is a lot of people go live their life like they want to. And, and they think, you know, they're just going to get away with everything. And they come to church and they pray for crop damage because they don't want to have the harvest that everything they've done during the week to happen to them. Amen. Thanks for all those amens. 
But the reality is for all of us is that when he comes inside, are y'all with me this morning? When he comes inside of us, it's the Holy Spirit will guide you. He will help you make decisions. How I many you know you, it's good that you got someone to help you make decisions? It's kind of like this. You know, it's, like, it's, it's kind of like hearing a thing and go, you need to buy this car. It's $102 a month. But, you know, they don't give you all the, you know, on the, you, it's like those radio commercials. $102, but $300 from the Texas and Texas tax. And then they look at them like, and that's the total price. What was that all about? Listen, let the Holy Spirit guide you before you purchase what you think you got to have. And let him guide you and lead you to what he desires for you to experience. You know, Isaiah says, like, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Just walk in it. I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit can guide me and spoken to me over the years. At one time, I had, I had a church call me. They wanted to hire me, and, and it was a big church, a lot, and it was going to be a good salary and all those different things. But what happened is the Lord, I remember the Lord didn't guide me there. And he guided me here to Jennings. Thank God. And, you know, there was promises. There was all these different things at this church. And to come here, we didn't have a salary. Are you hearing me? And we had four children, four mouths, six to feed, me too, and my wife. <laughs> the second thing is the Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. If you want to live naturally, you don't need the Holy Spirit. Jesus lived supernaturally, and he said, greater works will you do, and I would do. Think about it. He said, greater works. You see, and you should, the, the, the Bible says in, in Acts, it says, and you know the, the God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. In other words, I don't want, I don't want to just, I don't want to just have good times. I want us to have powerful services where God shows up and he touches people's lives. And you see things like happened this morning where all of a sudden we're all witnesses to what God is doing in people's lives and in marriages. Are you hearing me? Because at one time, listen to me, at one time in Africa, if you ever hear a lion roar, run. If you have, Pastor Willem told me one time, if you ever have a garbage problem, just get some lion poo-poo, put it by your trash can, then the animals will never mess with your trash can again. Why is that? Because whatever you ate before smells like, anyway. But one thing in Africa, when a lion roars, when he roars, that means it shows his dominance. And also he's taking his authority. And see, the Lion of Judah, when he busted through, held death in the grave, and he came out of the tomb on resurrection day, he roared because he's called the Lion of Judah. And when he roared, he took his dominance 
And he said, I'm taking my authority and I'm going to give it to my people. I'm going to guide them. I'm going to lead them. And I'm going to be with them. And you know what? No matter what comes, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead can live in in all of us because he's no respecter of persons. Are you hearing me? And that same power, whatever you've been dealing with, whatever you've been struggling with, he gives you power to overcome. You can give the hand clap to the Lord. My, and Paul said, my message and my preaching were not wise and persuasive words, but with, dem, but, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. I don't need TV cameras. I don't need a ministry that has my names and my license. And I don't need to buy a jet. You know what? I just need Jesus and his power, and he will allow everything. I don't need to go around begging like a pauper and living like a king. Thank you for all those amens. Because it's, the Bible says it's demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but listen to what it says, but on God's power. But on God's power. What does that mean, Pastor Bubba? You take the steps with us, we will point you to a great God. See, you, this could be a great church, but it's not about if you join this church. We want to point you to a great God that can change your life. That he can, can, can I tell you what? He can change your marriage and give your marriage. He can heal your marriage from all the wounds and all the hurts and all the disappointments and all the idle things that were said that have wounded you on the inside. God can heal that. Amen? God can restore your body just like I need him. God can restore your body and heal that. Not only that, he can heal your addictions no matter what they are. It could be alcohol, drugs, or whatever, pornography. Whatever your addiction is, he has the power to deliver you and sustain you and keep you. There's power available in every situation that every one of us deal with. Pastor, you don't know my, no, I don't know, but I know your God. And I know my God. And I know what he can do for you. If he can do it for me, he can definitely do it for you. Amen? See, give us a chance to take you on a journey. This summer we have freedom groups. In the fall we'll have freedom groups. I believe what what are freedom groups all about? It's 12 weeks where you take a time where you go, you know what? There's some things, some issues in my life. I need the power of God to help me to get free from some issues of past wounds, past hurts, things that were said. How many of you know that we've all been hurt? Come on. How many of you been wounded? How many of you had stuff said to you that you didn't like? Come on. The rest of you can pray for the rest of us. It's not just about, it's, it's overcoming, getting freedom from unforgiveness, getting freedom from uh, misunderstandings. It's finding freedom, getting a freedom group. And the last thing, and I'm going to be done, the Holy Spirit empowers me to live on mission. If you're looking for a church just for your own issues only, look at me, we're not your church. God has called us to feed the hungry. God has called us. To plant churches. God has called us to tear down racial divides. God has called us to make a difference in our city, in this region, and in our world. You see, we don't, exi- we don't exist for us. We exist for the world. We are here to make a difference in our world. Are y'all with me? We need God's power to do this. Thessalonians says, our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. 
People get the Holy Spirit and they make, they make other people feel like they're less. And they get pride begin. And you know, well, I got something you ain't got. And it makes people feel less. And all of a sudden pride begins to well up in them. And I believe this. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. Can I say that again? Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. To keep us with the right spirit, the right heart, the right desires. You come back in the next two weeks and we're going to show you how the Holy Spirit can change your life. In fact, on first Wednesday, we've got Dr. Scott Adams. He's going to talk to us about the Holy Spirit on Wednesday nights. We want you to come on the first Wednesday. Great for He's the pastor of our Savior's church in Broussard. And so what happens is some of you need to take the spiritual step. Some of you are at step one where you're going, what do I do for the rest of my life? Where do I go from here, Pastor Bubba? I'm glad when I come to our Jennings campus, y'all always ask me good questions. You feel stuck, stuck in your sin, stuck in your life. Can I just tell you something? You need the Passover lamb. You need Jesus. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. He gave his life for you, and, and all you got to do is you give your life to him. What a trade-off. He gave his life for you, and all you got to be, Pastor Bubba, I ain't got nothing. It's all right. I just got a messed up life. Dog. That's all right. God's into helping and changing lives that people go, brother, if that can, I mean, and if a guy's hair can stand up after a baptism like that, anything is possible. Five, five, five asked him, goes, man, what are you using? Your hair goes, gorilla glue. And we thought the real, but we found out it was called gorilla glue hair paste. Anyway, I didn't know they made that. I'm giving me some. You need it. God loves you. Look at your neighbor and say, God loves you. Look at the one you've been avoiding and you need to bring forgiveness to. Say, you too. He loves you. Some of you are carrying shame and guilt and you need to give it to God and you need to be saved from your sins, from your guilt and your shame. Amen? He loves you. He wants to grab. He wants to deliver you. That means, deliver means take you out of that thing. That that thing does not have dominance over your life anymore. That you don't live in condemnation. You can live by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That he will guide you and lead you and speak to you. The Bible says those who confess him as Lord with their mouths will be saved. 